What enough, ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy KB, a.k.a. Cadbury, and you're listening to the one from the West, the best from the rest. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, put your hands together for the NDL show. Timelang. Make sure to stay tuned onto the NDL show hosted by my friend Nondiluhuzo because there is fire content coming your way.
is your girl SK coming through with the track titled Wena and it is produced by Music Craftman. And this is definitely to say that the show is inclusive of all kinds of music. So you need to remember that you can submit your music and let's hear what you've got cooking. Otherwise, SK, as I've mentioned, she is a deft inferno of passion waiting to set the world alight. Thank you, Schoa. That is George Manizel. She is a vocalist, a songwriter, a choreographer, and you can find her on YouTube as Everyday SK. And on Twitter and Instagram, she is at eskizzlemynizzle. That's why I said the nizzle in the beginning, because I was like, eskizzle, you know. And (laughs) I won't let my pronunciation get you derailed. So I will put it in the description of this episode. But definitely do check her out. I'll put her email there as well. So that if you need to book her, then you know, you are well within reach. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So welcome back to the NDL show. If it's your first time here, come through. Let's have this conversation. Thank you for entrusting me with your time. I am really happy. I am excited that we're really doing this show. So for the show, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to get straight into the main segment. And on the show, we're talking about all legal things when it comes to love, the legality of love. Even if you're not in a contractual relationship with your partner, it is definitely permissible that one learns about the different love contracts as well as the implications and obligations thereof. And from what I've seen, I think people get so hyped, you know, oh, I'm getting married, you know, the wedding process that they tend to forget or ignore important aspects of the marriage. You know, it's not the wedding, the marriage. The kinds of contracts that you will adopt in that marriage is very imperative. So people get hyped and, you know, you get so, so happy with the emotions. They're up there. You're not able to think straight. And then a few years down the line or months, because I've seen that, they realize that actually, you know, I don't want to spend the rest of my life with this person. But now when it comes to the divorce, it's like because of the certain contract that you took, you have to give this person half of everything, half of your pension, half of your car, half of the house. And it's like, even if this person didn't work for any of those things, I mean, they didn't work for your pension. You, you were the one doing the nine to five, you know, but either way, they get half of your pension. And guys, pension, pension, pension is a lot of money. Mm-mm. Let's not lie. Pension. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a lot of money. So we're going to minimize that lack of knowledge when it comes to the kinds of contracts of love so that you know what you're getting yourself into. So I bring you episode 7, The Legality of Love. Yo, what up everybody? I go by the name of Lazy the Fair or the Air or the Shoe Straight to the Call. Welcome to another episode of the NDL Show. <laughs> So we know that at some point after being in a relationship, you gravitate towards asking, where are we going? You know, where are we going to go? You know, genuinely, it's, it's, it's one of those things with a relationship, you know. Romantic relationships are often coupled with the idea of levels of companionship. So let's talk about marriage. Let's talk about this marriage conversation. 
There are many people who are for it and many who aren't. Before I continue, I want to put it out there that although we are young, it is imperative that we know about the types of conditions we are most compatible with. You know, what works for you. So to start with this conversation, I want to find out whether you think marriage is still important. You know, and I use the term still because marriage in the past mostly was always viewed as this trophy, like it was all the way up there and you were not successful unless you were married. And I know it still comes out today, you know, with those few aunts and uncles asking those questions, because yes, it is still seen in that light, like it is an achievement, like it's hard to get married, but Really, I don't think it is hard to get married. Getting married is easy. Lobola, ah, those processes are simple. You see the stages of wedding planning. For me, that's that's like it's easy. I know I haven't gotten married. I'm not married. Um, but I think the challenge, as is in any relationship, is staying and maintaining marriage and staying happy and satisfied and young with your partner, you know, all the things that love is supposed to invite. As an individual, I do think that marriage is still important, but that's mainly because I grew up in a family that showed me what kind of love I want. And it's not the same for everyone. You know, we're not the same people. We don't come from the same places. Some people grew up in places where your parents or yeah, your, your guardians were life partners, are life partners, and it works. It's perfect. It's the ideal. Some marriages, you know, when growing up, they weren't, they weren't easy. They were a form of deterrence. They still are a form of deterrence. That's where we bring in the conversation around why many people think marriage is essential or isn't. There are people, okay? There are people who are angels. Right? For years. For years in the relationship, they are angels. They are your ideal and everything is perfect. You know, people know how to act. Not show one red flag. You don't see one sign, one signal. You don't see it, you know. You don't see it during the relationship. And then after getting married, something changes. And then it's like this person fully comes to being. Now you see the real person. The cripple angler. <laughs> Yo, guys, I am boring. Anyway, what is it? that brings that change. What is it? What is it that makes people um, change? But before we get into all of that, and I want to hear what you think it is that makes people change after getting the ring, after signing the papers, here's what a few people had to say about the relevance of marriage. I don't, I wouldn't really say it's that important, and I'm not saying it's not important. I've always believed that you know, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. The reason why I say that is because I, I grew up with my mom and my mom being a single mom, it taught me that um, life does not, like the ultimatum is not you having a husband, you know, it does not, it, it shouldn't determine your happiness. Yeah, I, I guess my mom being single, it showed me that never be desperate. And I feel like that most people actually, they get married for the wrong reasons. It's like with women, um, they, they, they know that this man is, is cheating on them. And then they've got this belief in their mind that for some reason, when this guy marries me, he's going to change. And I, I don't believe in changing someone. You know, if someone wants to change, 
for you, they will do so, um, um, what do you call it, willingly. You know, they will do so willingly. So women, they, we, are, we are often fascinated by the idea of a wedding, but not necessarily marriage, you know. So for me, I've never been exposed to a married couple, which I found inspiring. I do know with my aunt, you know, um, she, she, she's, got, she's got a good marriage, but I don't know what problems they go through. And I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm running away from the problems that come with marriage. But all I'm saying is that if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. You know, um, there's other avenues in which I can explore that can bring happiness to me as an individual. And when I come to you in marriage, I need to come as a full person so that if things don't go well, I'm able to determine whether this is worth it or whether it's not worth it. Honoring whatever promises or vows that you make in whichever relationship that you're in, whether, regardless of whether you're married or not. So then if you are married, then the vows that you made in that marriage, that's what's more important. You know, whether you got married in court, whether you had the wedding, whether you didn't get married, but you guys have been living together for like a whole while and whatever. It's not so much the title that's important, but more the vows and the values and the promises that you guys make to each other, you know, upholding those. And from that, I've learned two pivotal things. That one, nothing else apart from yourself should fulfill you. Nothing, you know. And secondly, you're not Bob the Builder. You don't build people you were raised to be an individual and fulfill yourself. You get me? No one, no one will change for you unless they want to change for themselves. So instead of trying to change someone to fit your ideal, just get your ideal once because they exist trust if your partner is not changing things that offend you they won't change them because of the title speaking about the title why Ish. guys this thing about the title it really it really it's it's a point of interest for me because i i have i still haven't understood why things change when the status of the relationship is elevated and it happens even when you're in a normal relationship a relationship without marriage yet when you're promoted from friend that I talk to every day to partner, now there's this difference in attitude. So me, I, I just need clarification. If you're listening to this and you know why people change after being promoted, please let me know because I don't. Um, I believe marriage is important to me solely because I like to believe that there's nothing more important than family and having the opportunity to build that with someone you love and a partner that you see yourself spending the rest of your life with. It's an opportunity of a lifetime and I believe that you can never have something that's special, you know, in life than creating a family with someone you love. So yes, I do believe in in marriage to say, but also I'd like to say, you know, because in the modern day, when you look at the statistics of people divorcing and all of that, it's it's difficult to maintain marriage, so to say. So with me, 
yes believing in marriage but i also believe that you should be married at a certain age yes marriage is important to me mainly because i think i grew up in a household where i saw it firsthand and just saw the stability it created in our lives and i saw the the uh, family dynamic and also the community aspect of marriage of how two people that are married can raise children and it can be just a family thing just a beautiful family and also i think why it's important to me is because it's important to god and it's a god ordained institute and this god ordained institute was designed to reflect the gospel and what greater thing would it be for me to be a part of to be a part of the ones who reflect god's gospel so i would one day want to be married and just show off the gospel in that sense i feel like the the institution itself um in terms of in the court of law i think the rules themselves are fine i don't mind that but i just think the marriage itself once you're within the marriage it's a bit more different because now you're dealing with not the law you're dealing with customary laws and some customary laws as we know are still against i guess they're very like they showcase patriarchy they showcase patriarchy you know what i think is important to know in a relationship is that nobody else except the people who are within the relationship your partner you are the one who creates the terms of your relationship with your partner are we hear me do we hear me it is it is it's for me that's the thing you know we could get married and um tradition could say that i'm supposed to do this but if i ask my partner and my partner's like you know what actually you don't have to cook for me every day i'll cook sometimes then you know it's like you know we're good we're set we're good to go you know so that's what i think is imperative about being in a relationship that you know that you and your partner are the ones who dictate how your relationship goes what the terms are and so forth so on to how you know your person is the one you know i can't tell you how many times <laughs> i know this has happened with me this has happened with many other people out there um where you've met this person right and you thought they were the one you thought that you're yeah no he like yeah you guys can plan your wedding outfits call the tailor let's do this thing we you know this is the person but then a few months as i said a few years things change you know and that does happen it happens very often so it boils down to how do you know that you've met the one so i asked a couple of people who are young and married about how they knew that their partner was the one that they wanted to spend the rest of their life with and this is what they had to say thanks for allowing me to talk about my journey with my love on your esteemed andiel show okay so how i came to the decision that this girl was going to be my wife was the test of time honestly i'm not a romantic guy you know i don't make spontaneous decisions so it was more of a I spent enough time with this girl. You know, she's loyal. She's my best friend. I trust her. Whenever I need help, she's there. I can count on her, and she only has the best intentions for me. It wasn't a superficial relationship. It wasn't about 
uh, excitement. It's, it's not about any of that. You know, that comes after. So for me, honestly, it was about the test of time. And we're still pushing. There's a million reasons or million ways that I knew, but I'll keep it to just five points for the purposes of this <laughs> voice note. Otherwise, it's going to be very long. Um, but basically, I knew, firstly, because he loved God, right? And the fact that he loved God, I knew that we would be able to connect on a spiritual level because I love God too. And I needed to connect with my person on that level. So that was very important to me, that he must have the same value system as me. So that was the first thing. The second thing, uh, you know, as you get to know each other in a relationship, uh, you get to realize whether somebody is there because they like how you look or I don't know, like your physical appearance or whether they truly they truly love you or, or whether they want to get into your pants, you know? So I knew that hubby, was the one for me when he was willing to wait before getting into my pants you know he was willing to put a ring on it before getting in my pants and i know these days a lot of people don't wait before marriage people's preferences which is fine but for me that was very important because it showed me that i am more to him than just um, a physical being you know i am more to him than you know an orgasm basically so that was very important to me. And and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that uh, we didn't have temptation in our seven years of dating before we got married. Oh, please, we had temptation probably more than <laughs> other people have, you know. But when I was weak, he was strong. When he was strong, I was, you know, or when he was weak, I was strong. So that was the... That also just showed me all of those temptations we went through and the fact that when I was weak, he didn't automatically try and take advantage of the fact that I'm like, you know what, actually, let's do this because my body is ready. No, he would actually say, babe, you know, you know how much I want to do it, but we're not going to do it because we made an agreement that we're going to wait until marriage. And that to me showed me that this man respects me this man wants to make me his wife before you know doing what most people do these days anyway um the third thing is that he, we were friends we are friends you know and i think that was a very important foundation um because if you can't laugh together and if you can't be friends and talk about nonsense as well as talk about serious things then how are you supposed to make a relationship or a marriage work so we were friends more than anything before anything grew into you know dating being more we were friends and yeah that made it easy in terms of communicating because i knew him on a friend level then when we started dating it was easier because i knew I, I, you know, I knew who he was and he knew me in the process of us getting to know each other. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Um, and then I just, like, he just showed me, he loved me through his actions. I mean, I already mentioned the one where, you know, he was willing to wait until he put a ring on it. But his actions on a daily, I always felt like a, a priority. I always felt, and I still feel, like, you know, he is doing the most to show me that, like, I'm his person. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it any other way. So basically, you know, that's how I knew. I, his actions showed me that, you know what, this person loves me. 
um and our personalities complement each other so that's that's the thing it makes it easy when personalities complement each other because then you're friends you talk about anything and then just his actions you know you know there's a saying love is an action it's a doing word it's a verb to be specific you know it's not a feeling and previously i used to confuse love with a feeling you know when you're infatuated and you get that warm fuzzy feeling inside don't get me wrong i'm not saying that when you are in love you won't get a warm fuzzy feeling no but love is much deeper than that it's the fact that somebody is willing to you know to wait for you Hmm. so i don't know if you could tell but that was my sister renee people always say that her and i sound similarity we sound together and you can just tell that she is a pastor's kid like she yay i don't know about some of us but yeah yeah (laughs) So for our final part of the trilogy on the NDL show, this is the 21st century dating series, which we are concluding on this episode. We're talking about love contracts, as in the actual legislation that comes with love, right? The legality of love. Hey, hey guys, I know producer like did the most with this because like, I was like legality. Mm, 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 mm. Hala, hala. George, once again, love contracts don't just involve marriage, but also cohabitation and life partnerships. And these are the conversations that we're having, right? Because it's, it's, it's a reality. It's a reality. So we have someone, we have a guest on the show, an expert, an expert who specializes, has expertise in this field. And... I thought it would be fitting to have her on the show because we get ourselves into these contracts and now we have obligations, but we're not fully cognizant of the implications thereof. So with us today on today's show, we have Miss Mawodle Sindane, and um, I would like for her to tell you what she does so that you understand what we're talking about. Miss Mawodle. Okay, my name is Mawodle. Um, I'm a family law attorney mm-hmm. and I've been and I've been an attorney for the past 20 years mm-hmm. and um, I practice mainly family law which is divorce, uh, maintenance, um, children's court matters and domestic violence but I do do the other stuff but mainly those are the stuff that I do. Yeah. And uh, I, I was, I've been working at um, different institutions. Mm-hmm. I've worked at the RAF, I've worked at insurance companies, and um, the last employment that I had, I was at Legal Aid. That's where I gained a lot of experience, and that's where I realized where our, because I dealt mostly with um, marriage, uh, divorce, mm-hmm. um, Children's Court Matters Maintenance. That's when I realized that a lot of people don't know these things, mostly women. We treat, we treat marriage as if it's a love thing. Mm-hmm. But at the, when, you go, when, you, when, when it's time to divorce, it becomes a contract. Very contractual. Yeah, it, it is. There's rules that apply. There's, uh, there's laws that apply to every aspect mm-hmm. of, of divorce. Mm-hmm. So, and... We cannot run away from the fact that there is divorce. 
maybe we don't want to talk about it we don't want to know that mm. and when you are excited and when you love you're not thinking about you can never think about divorce but it's a reality so some people they pretend it's not something that they don't want to deal with mm. so when the time comes the love that brought you into this contract is no longer there so you need the law to deal with everything else they think of marriage they usually think about love it's yeah. like i'm in love i'm excited mm. and i want to be married to this guy and we're going to be married forever no one thinks that years down the line some people they don't even go for years sure. it's like three months down the line it's done. i'm done with this person mm. so you see then comes the law but if you start by knowing and preparing yourself and thinking you know it's not like you're thinking about divorce you're thinking more about what will happen because at the end of the day there's legal implications there's financial implications there's children that are going to be in that marriage so if you sit back and you look at these things let me prepare for these things let me check out these things then at the end of the day you are better prepared to deal with whatever happens yeah. some people go forever but some people it doesn't happen like that and anyway every relationship ends either in divorce or in the death of a spouse True. so that is a reality mm -hmm. it's not like the two of you will be running into the sunset together forever Be, yeah, it's, at some point, your spouse will pass away. What do you do? Yeah. If you know these things now, then you are better prepared to deal with whatever happens at the end of the day. True, sure. So you touched on this marriage, right? Mm. And there are different types of contracts. Mm. What type of contracts are they and what do they entail? So, for instance, um, marrying a community. Yeah. What does it mean and what does it entail? Yeah. It's um, in community of property. And you share everything. It's your debts. So the example that I usually make is when you are young, really you marry at, let's say, 23, you have not accumulated anything. Then it's, it's not a big deal. You can enter into a marriage in community of property. It's the most popular of them are. But let's say, for instance, you are in your 40s and you've been a teacher or you've been working for the past 20, 30 years. You meet somebody and you get married. Your pension, the pension that you have accumulated mm -hmm. when you divorce, then you have to give 50% of it, you know. You have to give 50% of it. It may not be all of it. It will, sometimes you look at the duration of the marriage. But at the end of the day, you'll have to share. So, I mean, somebody found me. You have a house. You've already paid off your bond. You meet this person and you get married. What happens if you, you divorce? 50%. You, you meet somebody else. You don't try and, but this is for, to me, I'm mostly, this is for older women mm -hmm. because, or older men, because you meet me, we get excited, we fall in love and you don't ask these questions. And then at the end of the day, I come into the marriage with lots and lots of debt. Maybe I owe 
3 million, 4 million. Mm. And you, on the other hand, you've been looking after your finances, you've been straight, you've been budgeting, and you, your house is paid off, your car is paid off, you have some nest egg saved and everything. And I come into the marriage. Uh, the debts that I bring into the marriage become our debts. So I end up being the person that loses the most. So to me, as when you're older, you need to, when you're younger, it's fine. Really, you have not accumulated much. It's your potential that, that maybe you end up becoming rich, and, but the person has been with you all along. So in essence, they deserve whatever you're going to be making at some point. But if you are already have struggled, saved, starved yourself and just made sure that everything is in order and then I come in with my debts. What happens? So in community everything. Hard. Debts. Debts. Everything. Assets. Sure. So if we divorce and I have this property, you have to share the property. You have to sell it and share it. So it, it, it becomes a problem mm. because um you don't think you're going to divorce. Mm. But if you knew about it, you'd make sure you, you, you make sure that you protect yourself because at the end of the day, much as we, we much as we, we we love our people, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, protect yeah. yourself. Yeah, yeah. So um, another form is um, in out of community of property mm -hmm. with accrual and out of community of property without accrual. With accrual is. Um, the stuff that I didn't that I brought into the village it's okay then the, when we start marrying on the day we, we marry and then whatever we are we accrue over the period of our marriage mm. then becomes okay we so share if we that accumulate, if we bought a couch then yeah okay. that will be shared mm. um, whatever we get throughout the marriage so let's say for instance we get married and um, I had my stuff. Your stuff is saved, my stuff is saved, but the stuff that we get, we, we accumulate when we are married, then that's the stuff we share. Okay. Without accrual, you come in with your suitcase, you go, we leave, you live with your suitcase. Um, what happens in the, in the divorce process when, when you are married mm -hmm. out of community with accrual and without accrual? With, with the thing is with these um, with um, marriage in out of community, there's an antenuptial contract. Yes. So it's called a prenup. Mm -hmm. It it states whatever will happen to, whatever will happen to your property. So let's say for instance with with accrual, I come into the marriage with hundred hundred thousand. You come into the marriage with hundred thousand. We. We get married. In the marriage, we accumulate 50,000. I will get my 25, you will get your 25. The 100 and the 100. You see, I'll mm. be 125 and I'll okay. be 125. Sure. Without yeah. whatever you brought in, you brought in. At the end of the day, my stuff is my stuff, your stuff. You pack your own bags and that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're done. If you came with nothing, you live with nothing. And in terms of the pension? I will stay with my patient. You say, yeah. Okay. My patient will protect it. Your patient will protect it. Mm -hmm. uh, with with accrual, mm -hmm. it means that whatever we make from the marriage going forward will be 
prebishet, but okay. whatever was because you have a contract. Mm -hmm. It's called a prenup. Mm -hmm. It's it will state. I just mm -hmm. now I just did a um I, the the notary has to be the one that um does the contract. Mm -hmm. So it's done by a notary public. Yeah, yeah, so it's very it's an intricate detailed yeah contract. you will state your stuff yeah. and the notary public will sign it mm -hmm. and then register it with the deeds office mm -hmm. and then after it's registered with the deeds office everybody will know yeah. that um, this um, person mm -hmm. has this so even the creditors and they they know mm -hmm. yeah they mm -hmm. will they will go and check oh okay. This one has an ANC, and then they will stay off whatever they need to stay off. Sure. All right, yeah. and I wanted to ask, because, you know, we, we live in South Africa, and mm. um, most of us, Riti, Lobola, you know, customary mm. marriage. So yeah. how, how would that fall? Um, where would it fall? Especially con considering that um, customary marriage is now recognized by the law. Mm -hmm. So if, for instance, you were to get divorced and you only got customarily married, how, how does that work? The, it applies the same way. The same as community? Or? The same. The thing yeah. is, um, when you get married um, customarily, mm -hmm. then you choose okay. where you want to fall. Oh, okay. So the same principle applies mm -hmm. when, when the marriage ends. Okay. Yeah. Um, there is nothing called a life contract. <laughs> it's um, a cohabitation agreement. Oh, okay. So, you know, in a relationship, um, obviously, a relationship that's going somewhere will, will, will take its course, mm -hmm. be it 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, it will take its course. No one is in a relationship with the butterflies right throughout until <laughs> one of them dies. Somebody has to make a decision. Yeah. Either they decide, somebody asks you, please come stay with me, mm -hmm. or kneels down with one knee and marries you. So those are the options that are there. And if somebody says to you, please come stay with me, you need to be, you need to be, you need to know the do's and the don'ts of that because cohabitation is not recognized. A lot of people go on like, I'm a common law wife, after a certain amount of time, then I will, no, no, no. You just do a cohabitation agreement. Mm -hmm. I like people. They like. I, I usually make an example of um, young women. You 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 get involved with a with a guy, staying in a back room in in a back room in his mother's house. You go there. You move in with a guy. That's nice. That's fine. You start. You feel. You know what? The back room is not enough. We need an extra room. You build another room. Then we decide, no, you know what, this place needs, um, I said, tiles, this place needs all the things that you cannot carry at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And then the mother and the, the now the, the boyfriend says to you, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling you anymore. Mm -hmm. Can you leave? And then you want, how are you going to take the back room? True. And the boyfriend was staying, the back room belongs to the mother. So how are you going to re you cannot get anything. Mm. You build these things you for nothing. Just just buy a microwave, carry your microwave and leave. With your microwave. Yeah. If yeah. there's no tiles, stay there without the tiles because you cannot take the tiles. 
make him buy the tiles, make him. Because when, when as women, you see the curtains, oh, I know this place needs a nice coat of paint. Mm. You go, you buy the most expensive paint that will last for 30 years. Odds are you won't last for those 30 years. Sure. So you are there, you've done all these things. How mm. are you going to get those things back? Sure when there is no there is no agreement yeah. so when you have a cohabitation agreement people pay, they get bond together they go to the bank and they have what is going to happen what what's going to happen when the two of you you have to sell that place you'll have to sell that place and start all over mm. so at the end of the day just sit down with an attorney get a cohabitation agreement like we we want to stay together we have no intentions of getting married at this point we're still trying to whatever reasons that you would have and then you do a cohabitation agreement and you're done with the cohabitation agreement then when the time comes and uh, life happens because it always does then you are prepared but instead of like you were earning your three thousand rents and you painted you did all those things you took yeah. you, and you borrowed money on his behalf and you gave him the money and all these things you cannot get them back you True. can go and claim uh, for your money and how you're going That's to prove these things because True. even when you give him the money like my love here you go you don't write it down you don't yeah. see it it just goes it's out just this i know these things they sound like you know what these are they they have no love in them. True. People will be like, yo, you're making me sign a cohabitation agreement. Yeah, why? Oh, yeah, it means you don't love me. Yeah. It means you think we're going to break up. But if you look at the statistics yeah. and you look at life itself, mm. when it happens, shouldn't you be a bit prepared for these things? That's true. But now I also want to ask, now that you raised it, because most people, when you ask them, if your partner were to bring a prenup to you, mm. how would you feel? And the response is, you no, know, it feels like this person is planning our divorce or, you know, this person mm. is not sure, does he think that I'm here for money or does she think that I'm here for money? Mm. Those kind of things. So how then do you introduce that contract, especially that one, without sounding like... To me, I think a lot of people, what they do is when they decide to get married, mm. They start by going to see the parents, okay. the uncles and the, everybody will be told, oh, we're getting married. Mm -hmm. And then the mature, they go to their church and they tell their pastor, hey, and it's announced on the board, hey, so-and-so and so-and-so are getting married. And then it ends there. That's it. True. Those are the people that they see. But no one thinks, you know what, let's go and see an attorney. Let's find out about the laws that apply even to marriage itself. Yeah. Even if, let's say for instance, even if you are going to marry forever, mm. there's always children that need to be protected. There's always your, your, your assets mm. that need to be protected. How are you going to uh, uh, protect those things? Let's say for instance, you marry somebody who's in, who, who owns a, a thriving business mm. and then things Ten sour yeah. for the business itself. It doesn't mean that the marriage you don't love the person anymore, True. but it means that the proper the, the, the business is not doing well. Mm. You will still continue loving your 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 wife or your husband, but if you protected yourself from the onset, like 
you know what, let's, you have a business, let's do our, um, our marriage contract, let's marry out of community of property with accrual or out of community of property period because of the business that you have. Mm. Then you are protected, your children are protected. A lot of people, if you, one partner goes down, they all go down because now it's in community of property. The creditors come after everybody. Yeah. I mean, if they come after the two of you, they take everything that the two of you have. Mm. That means the kids all also suffer. And maybe you you uh, you have your mom that's sick somewhere. You trying to you you sending her money. Your siblings. It takes down everybody. You you have. I'm sure you've heard of stories where people were staying in the suburbs. Mm. They've had to go back yeah. to to the township because now they are in debt. So yeah. everybody. But if the two of us we entered into a we we sat with an attorney and they explained this is this is this is this. You have a business. This is then at the end of the day, when things go sour, one partner will be protected. The other partner will obviously lose whatever they lose. But the kids would be they would still continue going to that school that they go to. You will still send money home to your mother. You will still assist your siblings because the other person is is protected. So what we do is we look at it as if it applies to the two of us. Yeah. It means you don't love me enough. It means you think we're going to divorce. Yeah. You don't even think about, in this marriage, I mean, in most marriages, yeah. it's yourself, the other, the, the, the parents, the siblings, sure. both sides, mm. the children. Yeah. Um, in most marriages, children, the children come a year or two down the line, yeah. there's baby number one, there's baby number two, Baby number five. Mm. Now, you guys have to move back to the township to a one room, uh, one room garage. Mm. When when you married, maybe five, ten years back, the the business was doing well. Ten years later, the business is no longer doing well. He, the creditors are there. You have to sell the house. You have to sell the cars. You have to move back. So if 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 you're protected, in if the Creditors cannot come after the other partner. Then you continue staying in that house. The other partner will just pay the bond and speak to the bank. I cannot afford to pay this much. Can we go down this much? Can we do this? Can we do this? Then you are You're still you, Yeah, you are still sure. safe. The kids stay in the school. You tell maybe you move them to a cheaper school, mm -hmm. but they still you understand. Yeah. But now having to just culture oh, shop all yeah. around, culture shop all round. Sure. And um, I also wanted to ask, especially because you are experienced in this field, you've been working for 20 years as, a, as an attorney, marriage attorney, yeah. family law. Um, what, what have you observed that causes divorce? So um, do, do people come to you and say, no, 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 I want to get a divorce on the basis of this? What is it that people are doing wrong? Yeah. You know, I think... In most instances, as the, they say it's finances. First of all, it's usually finances. But I've worked at Legal Aid. And what we had in most instances, and things that to me, what, what, what used to bother me is the fact that most women, they would try to get upset. Maybe during the December holidays, the, the, the husband did this or that or whatever. 
and then they would come and use divorce mm. as a device to try and get the person to 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 behave mm. you see you cannot use divorce to get like it's like it's like ultimatums yeah when you give those you risk ending up with the other options because you say to me me or this person so you risk the person ending up with choosing the other person you understand mm. so they use some women use divorce before sitting down before thinking about it before deciding they're like i'm going to see an attorney i'm going to i'll divorce you because the neighbor said so or the friends were so they it's not divorce to me it's, it's it's very emotional it's something that you need to sit on your own and think about it very carefully mm -hmm. so i think we are quick to as we are quick to go into the marriage we are quick to get out of the marriage and i know that people say you need to go see your pastor and you she talk it over it. and and mm -hmm. you do those things you do those things before you even decide you know what this is the end and you never threaten your spouse with, you know what, I'm I'm leaving you. Mm -hmm. Um you even go and you go to I mean legal aid is a free service. Mm -hmm. You speak to an attorney, you come to me, I'm the attorney there. My stats rely on you, me finishing your divorce. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if I if ten people divorce, it's ten stats for me. Yeah. So I just continue to take notes and, you know, mm. at the end of the day, you find. So I found that a lot of um, women, they do that. They use, like, it will make the person behave. Yeah. No, it does not. Mm. Because communication and maybe seeing a counselor or seeing a pastor will at least move uh, move you in the right direction. But rushing to see somebody and like, mm -mm. Mm. yeah, it's only in, you know what? It's only in certain in exceptional cases where you have to you have no choice. Somebody sure. beats you up. Somebody is abusing you. Somebody yeah. then you have no choice but to get out of that marriage. Mm. But in some instances, like maybe you you've been fighting a lot, mm. but it's not even that bad. Yeah. So you go there and like I'm divorcing him because mm. I think. It will draw some sense into him. Mm. No, I'll mm. sit down and talk. So it's it's more mm. divorces that go to on a on an irrational, just a quick kind mm. of bounce back, mm. where it's like people don't even think about it. It's more the the thing that you see. Yeah. It's like you're giving them that option, yeah. or yeah. you're gonna stop going out at night. Yeah, rather so, than sitting down and having that conversation. And you know, sometimes as you have to do it because you have no option but if there's other options don't rush and just say you know what this is over this you know sometimes you just need to so i i think there's a, the percentage to me the percentage of people divorce would be less because there are those that really need you need to get out yeah. you have no choice yeah. but there are those that use divorce for the wrong reasons mm. and they don't realize that the first step saying i'm going to divorce you is the simplest decision that you can make mm. but living your life and continuing with your life after that when you've made that decision and feeling comfortable with it and 
just trying to make sense of it. That's the most difficult part mm -hmm. because now there's a lot of things that you have to think about. There's children, there's, acid, there's a lot of things. So really jumping into this as if it's uh, option number one. Mm. It should be option at the end yeah. when all else has failed. Sure, that was Miss Mabutle Sindane and she has her own thing going on right now. She hosts workshops and so forth. I will put everything in the description. Trust me, you will be able to access her as well on social media. So yeah, that brings us to the end of our 21st century dating series. I hope it was a good one. I hope you enjoyed it. I know many people were hitting me up like, damn, I, you know, I'm not in a relationship, so I can't really, you know, but you know, this is it. This is where it's come to, for now at least, concerning relationships. That's where we are leaving it. And um, to end the show on a good note on a great note i'm so excited guys for what i'm about to drop on your ears <laughs> i'm actually acting like i'm the artist but um but i leave you with this song it's called plot twist allow me to tell you a bit more about the artist of this track his name is Miles and he's an upcoming rapper and musician from Lamontville in Durban. And whilst growing up in Durban, he spent the majority of his life in Pretoria. So he created his sound there. That's where he started developing his music career. So what I need you to do as well while we're on this conversation about Miles is that I need you to check out his debut mixtape. It is titled Chapter 2. And from this, this is this is where this is where the heat began. I mean, this is like the start. You know what I'm saying? And trust me, it is something that you will not regret. You know, I mean, have I ever let you down when it comes to the music department? Thank you. Thank you very much. So I leave you with this track. It is called Plot Twist. Remember that you can follow Miles on Instagram and Twitter. That is at MilesMC underscore. Otherwise, this one features my key. I give you, I leave you with the 21st century dating series. Think about it. Tell me what you want me to know. Tell me what I need to put on the show. It is the NDL show. I am Nondi Lehutso. On the next one, I'll see you there. I'm from a place where them taxis got names on them If they don't know your name, then they bang on you Niggas tripping the summer like rain on you All these niggas gon' stutter, they ain't loyal And they talk like they got you, they change on you And sometimes the predator prays for you And they say they behind you, they aim on you And they say it's a game just to play on you And we get a girl flipping to an M I can never take an L again Even if I do it to the face, then I'm blowing like the wind I ain't here to make friends uh, I'm just trying to make my ends meet Where the rest meet Find my niggas with the best people, you best be Like the fame trade, carefully, but we carefree I'm my niggas standing ready, if you date me We both got different priorities I'm finna be what I ought to be Don't give a fuck about no college degree yeah. I get the guap in my sleep yeah. Niggas be talking real cheap yeah. Lying on me I got your daddy on me Got 
plotting on me. I got your daddy on me. Man, I'm a bigger priority uh, Niggas is falling, they looking like all of these calling me Saying that they see the God in me Been with the shits, boy, I look like a prodigy Back where I'm from, if you fake, you won't make it The back in the one three, you know where I'm hanging uh, S17, some my doggies were slanging I knew by 19, only bitch niggas changing It comes to the circle like they shoot from range And I'm moving with niggas who know that I came with And I see it all, but you know I don't say shit Cause I know the real ones be riding, not waving And I used to pay for the words that you can't erase And then we burned the paper and we said the blaze and drop chapter two and they changed their ways Oh, they lost direction, I stayed the same We got different priorities I'm finna be what I ought to be Don't give a fuck about no college degree yeah. I get the crop in my sleep yeah. Niggas be talking real cheap Plotting yeah. on me I got your daddy on me Plotting yeah. on me We work got different priorities I'm finna be what I ought to be Don't give a fuck about no college degree yeah. I get the crop in my sleep yeah. Niggas be talking real cheap Dying on me, I got your daddy on me, yeah, dying on me, yeah.